From Hope Made Strong, this is the Care Ministry Podcast, a show about equipping ministry leaders and transforming communities through care. Supporting those in your church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it grows and strengthens the church. But we want to do that without burning out, so listen in as we learn about tools, strategies, and resources that will equip your team and strengthen hope. I'm Laura Howe and welcome to the Care Ministry Podcast. On the show today, we're going to be looking at how compassion fatigue and burnout are different so that as you as a ministry leader are able to identify what you're experiencing and tend to the needs that you might have. As leaders, we often focus on the needs of others so that so when we're experiencing burnout or compassion fatigue, we look inwards and blame ourselves or maybe we even find fault in ourselves. There must be something wrong with me if I'm struggling and seemingly not able to handle what God has called me to. We're going to talk quite a bit about each burnout and compassion fatigue, but I also wanted to offer you a way to assess your levels of burnout and compassion fatigue. If you go to uh, findinghopeandhelping.org slash quiz, you'll be able to take the professional quality of life assessment. And while this assessment is meant not meant for diagnosis, it is a valid assessment used by clinicians to assess burnout, compassion fatigue, and vicarious trauma in care professionals. Professionals. Once you answer those 30 questions, there are multiple choice questions, your personal results will be sent to your inbox. When I first started my career as a mental health social worker, I noticed that my natural tendency to compartmentalize work and home was actually going to serve me quite well. For many years, I was able to hear a ton of stories, sit through, sit with people through suffering, hear problems and conflicts day after day, and I was able to carry on with work and my life and my family life wasn't hindered in any way or wasn't impacted any way by my work. But after 10 years, my armor started to crack. I had relied so much on my natural instinct, or maybe that was my personality, not quite sure, that I actually never developed the resiliency and self-care skills to, to remain well. Day in and day out, I taught others how to build self-care habits, to build resiliency, but because I wasn't overtly struggling, I actually never developed them for myself. Eventually, I found myself face-to-face with burnout and seeing my work, family, and world through the lens and weight of compassion fatigue. And maybe you can relate to my experience. As a leader, you're called and possibly even energized by serving others. But slowly over time, your energy has begun to fade. And what once lit you up now seems to drain you. And you begin to question your calling, your gifts, and your faith. Well, I'm here to tell you that struggling is not a sin and you are not disqualified from ministry if you are feeling this way. What you're experiencing is either burnout, compassion fatigue, or like in my case, it was both. (laughs) So let's take a closer look at what burnout is. To put it simply, burnout is comprised of three factors or three components. The first one is hopelessness or the thought that nothing is ever going to change. The second one is helplessness, feelings that you have no control over your own circumstances. And the third one is prolonged high levels of stress. And let's look at those a little bit closer because there's a lot packed in there. Hopelessness or the belief and mindset that things are going to be this way forever, that nothing is going to change. What this really means is that when we is is how we feel when deadlines, demands on our time, or the needs 
that we're constantly supporting, that they're never ending. This can cause us to lose hope. They, uh, you feel like you're in this hamster wheel and you're just trying to keep up. Thoughts of hopelessness creep in and soon turn into beliefs that nothing is ever going to change. So um, in ministry, this could be like, this is my lot in life. This is the cross I have to bear. These are the expectations in ministry. I have to be available 24-7. These are what, this is what people demand of me. And, and out of this feelings uh, and thoughts of hopelessness, you begin to feel stuck, trapped, overwhelmed, and resentful or obligated. And helplessness, now that is all about the lack of control or feeling powerless to be able to say no. Have you ever been in a situation and you feel like you can't say no? You politely go on with the task. Maybe someone's expecting it of you, one of the community members, your church members, or a board member, or elder, or whoever, staff, it could be anyone really. And you just don't feel like you have the capacity to say no because this is what is expected for you. And even though you carry on and do the task, you know, politely on the outside, but on the inside, you feel frustrated and even resentful. Now, the third component of burnout is prolonged stress. And stress really is any change or threat to safety that requires our body and mind to adapt. Stress sets off a chain of chemical reactions in our mind that travel through our body. And when we are in a constant state of change, studies have shown that our health, immune system, and even our mental health are negatively impacted. A few, a few stressors in ministry that are often minimized that cause tremendous amounts of stress are people, yes, people, finances, and the relentless schedule. If you are constantly around people and suffering and have no opportunity to refuel, this can become extremely exhausting. And I've found that most pastors are introverts, not all, but many pastors are introverts. So this can be especially draining. Another stressful area is if you're not making a living wage to support your family. This financial pressure and tension can be incredibly stressful and is quite common in ministry. And finally, there's this unrealistic expectation that a pastor has to be available 24 seven and have to prepare a transformational message every seven days. Now, some might think that's just part of the job, but we often forget that public speaking is known to be some of the most stressful, biggest stressors in people's lives. So a pastor relentlessly in a hamster wheel every seven days is expected to prepare a motivational, encouraging, and inspirational message while being available 24-7 to people people who are experiencing um, suffering or stress or concerns. So it's like a recipe. If you're experiencing these three things, helplessness, hopelessness, and prolonged stress, then you are likely going to experience burnout. And if you're experiencing burnout, you are likely feeling apathetic, struggling with sleep, you're having a hard time staying focused or making decisions, possibly low but chronic levels of depression and anxiety. Substances like caffeine and sugar are often the go-to to self-medicate these feelings of overwhelm or low motivation. They either bring you up or they help you calm you down. So they can, you can be attracted to using more and more substances like sugar or caffeine or alcohol. 
So defined relief from burnout requires a decrease or, or, or support or help in one of those three areas, helplessness, hopelessness, or prolonged stress. And if you can find hope, there's light at the channel. If you can regain some sort of self-efficacy and feel like you have a say in your schedule or your responsibilities, or you're given permission to say no, or if your levels of stress are lowered and you can, you will find relief from burnout. Well, this seems like an easy cause and effect relationship. If you limit this, then you're going to feel relief in that. This is by no means easy for anyone to do. This often takes a tremendous amount of soul searching and being honest with yourself, support from a mentor or perhaps a counselor, and intentionally uh, looking at these areas and often requires having some really hard or difficult conversations. But let me tell you, it is absolutely possible. It is not impossible. Ministry life does not have to be draining and result in crispy fried leaders. No, it absolutely doesn't. But I do want to identify that burnout is different from compassion fatigue because burnout can happen to anyone, any child, any person, man, woman, doesn't despite uh, age or uh, background or profession or career, absolutely anyone can experience burnout as long as they have hopelessness, helplessness, and prolonged stress. But this is, so this is different than compassion fatigue. With compassion fatigue, we're talking about the emotional and physical erosion that takes place when helpers are unable to refuel and regenerate. The difference is that burnout can happen to anyone while compassion fatigue is specifically for those who experience, who those who are caregivers. Ministry leaders requires them to open their hearts to people and, and to care and support those who are suffering. And unfortunately, this very process of empathy and caring is what makes helpers vulnerable to the negative impacts of compassion fatigue. Compassion fatigue impacts your ability to extend empathy to others, as well as your ability to have self-compassion or tend to your own well-being. It's been described as the cost of caring for others' emotional pain. It's not the result of weakness, sin, or failure, but it is an occupational hazard or a known risk of providing empathy and care to others. And just like our work changes day to day, our levels of fatigue ebb and flow from one day to the next. An example of losing empathy for others is when the same person asks to speak with you week after week. Perhaps it's after service or you book an appointment for this person. For the first week or two, you're listening and caring and empathetic. You're probably highly compassionate. But after the third, fourth, or maybe 10th time, your empathy for that person is weakened. Not only can you lose empathy for others as a result of the thousands of similar stories, whether it's the same person or maybe say you're a youth leader and you hear the same breakup story from like a hundred different students, but also it can be from very intense stories that you hear. For example, after support, after a long day of supporting those who struggle with serious mental illness, addictions, and homelessness, I would actually have a hard time summoning the empathy for my husband who had to work through his lunch or the internet went down. Yeah, I had a hard time empathizing for him when those struggles, when I knew so many people were facing such tragedy. These internal struggles or the these changes in your empathy for others, they're subtle, but slowly over time, they become more overt. And that's what happened for me. You become quicker to lose your empathy. It doesn't take two or three appointments. Maybe it's in the first or just second. 
But what is even more sneaky than this loss of empathy for others is the loss of empathy for yourself. The needs of others overshadow your own needs every single time. You take calls and answer emails at night, you skip your lunches, you work late, you work when you're sick, and you don't take vacation time. Your compassion and care for others overshadows your needs. If you're struggling with compassion fatigue, the impacts don't just affect your work or care for others, it seeps into your family life and relationships, your health is impacted and your mental health struggles or or becomes weary. And the outlook on the world changes because of the suffering that you hear on a day-to-day basis. In episode 20 of the podcast, I talk about 10 signs of compassion fatigue that I experienced. And if you believe that you might be struggling and want to hear more about the signs and symptoms of compassion fatigue, I really recommend that you check that episode out and we'll link that in the show notes. It took me months to realize that I was experiencing burnout and compassion fatigue, and it wasn't until I stopped and found healing that I realized how significantly every single area of my life was impacted. So let me save you a few months or perhaps a few years of struggle and share how you can prevent both compassion fatigue and tend to the prolonged stress that is part of burnout. You would think that an issue that can impact every area of your life family, health, and your work, and even your faith would require some sort of significant therapy or drastic life change. But actually, just with a few simple disciplines or practices, your life can be transformed. It's in these seven keys of resilience that you can find transformation. And they're not rocket science. In fact, I bet you've actually heard of most of them. And if you're anything like myself, when you measure your life up to these seven keys, you will see that in those times where you are struggling the most, you are probably the weakest in all seven of these areas. Now in episode six, I go through each of these seven keys in more detail, but I wanted to make sure to include them in this episode. I didn't want to talk about burnout, compassion fatigue, and offer an assessment, and then ask you to reflect on yourself and then leave you hanging. So if you're mildly experiencing burnout and compassion fatigue, meaning that you occasionally struggle but it's not impacting your work or family or health every day, or and you just want to prevent, then I definitely recommend you re-listening to episode six, and then consider strengthening just one or two of these keys, and eventually working towards strengthening, strengthening them all. But maybe you are more in the moderate range where you regularly are experiencing fatigue and it's starting to impact your work. Then these seven keys might actually feel too simplistic. I still recommend picking one or two to develop and strengthen, but I also ask that you consider seeking out further support, whether it's with a mentor, a counselor, or or becoming open with your spouse or family. Or I also offer a self-guided course for those looking for further support, but for those who aren't feeling like they want to or that they need to seek a counselor. So if you're interested in this course to help you navigate these feelings of compassion fatigue, how to overcome them, definitely check out findinghopeinhelping.com. Or perhaps you're experiencing burnout and compassion fatigue more severely, because I certainly was. Meaning that you were like me, my family, my health, my relationships, and my mental well-being were all impacted. 
I would sit in my car outside of my work dreading going in, or my thoughts were consumed with suffering, the suffering of my clients. I would definitely recommend seeking out counseling and support. And when you hear these seven keys, they might sound patronizing because you're like, no, I'm so far beyond that. How is that going to help me? Be patient, try it out. Start with building just one area. Look at the course, Finding Hope and Helping, and then connect with a counselor because uh, it is worth it. You are worth it. You are a child of God. Please connect with supports. So to jump into these seven keys, I'm just going to briefly go through them. Like I said, episode six has more details, but these are the seven keys that will help you remain resilient. Resilience is that ability to bounce back. Resilience is, resiliency is the ability to not get stuck when facing challenges. So by practicing or having uh, the discipline to uh intentionally uh, put effort and energy and time into some of these in these seven areas, then you will build or strengthen that resiliency muscle that you have. So here are the seven. The first one is staying connected. Well, that makes sense. We are created to be in relationship with each other and with God. And although it can be tempting to isolate in times of overwhelm, there can be, it can be so refreshing and so much freedom can be found when we connect and with others and find support from other people. The second key is rest. We don't, we need rest, but not because we're weak or we're tired. This isn't just talking about physical rest. We need rest because that is God's perfect model of work and it provides us protection. Rest not only includes physical rest, but also it's important to recognize that you need rest in your mental, emotional, relational, and spiritual life. The third key is to have fun. (laughs) Having fun reduces stress. It cultivates relationships, encourages us to use our creativity. It engages our mind. And it often allows allows us to explore God's creation and the beauty around us. Having fun is an incredible way to have, uh, to build resiliency. And this one I notice, uh, particularly if I haven't had a lot of fun in my life, I haven't had time or I haven't prioritized time, then this is something that is definitely a red flag for me that I notice most often. The fourth key is meditation. As Christ followers, our resiliency is strengthened when we develop the habit of meditating. And this is by slowing our thoughts and intentionally turning and focusing on God and God's word. This builds our ability to hear from Christ and abide in him throughout our day. It's developing the habit to stop thinking the negative thoughts or stop thinking about the overwhelm or stop thinking about the chaos that life can bring and turning and and focusing on God. And this skill is incredible skill that will carry you throughout life. The fifth key is knowing who you are. <laughs> there is so much freedom in knowing and being confident in who God made you to be. We can't be good at everything. No one is good at everything. However, we often have this expectation that if God called us to do something, we should be good at all of it. And in the case of ministry, there are so many aspects of ministry that it's impossible to be good at everything. You can't be good at administration and also be good at public speaking and be good at one-to-one care. Like it just doesn't make sense. So knowing who you are and having 
and grace uh, for the areas that you aren't um, gifted or skilled in, that can bring so much freedom. The sixth key is boundaries. Well, that one is tricky and I think common for many people to hear about, but even Jesus said no to people and yes to spending time alone and refueling in prayer. When you ask, when someone asks you to do something, uh, rather than stressing about saying no to people, because saying no can be really, really tricky, I encourage you to think about what you're saying yes to. Are you going to say yes to that person asking uh, for your time and your attention, or are you going to say yes to tending to your own needs. And God or Jesus did both. He said yes to people and he said yes to tending to his needs to be alone and in prayer. There's no right or wrong. Just listen to the Holy Spirit and, and, and be confident in that having boundaries is godly. Now, the seventh key and final key is self-care. And a lot of this stuff, I guess you could wrap it up in self-care. But for me, the goal of self-care is not to indulge and fulfill selfish desires, like eating the box of Oreos or binging on Netflix. I don't, that's not self-care. Sorry to call that out, but it's not, it might fulfill your desires for rest uh, and and having fun, perhaps that bag of Oreos, but it certainly is not self-care. The goal of self-care is to live out the great commandment found in Matthew 22, which commands us to love one another as we love ourselves. So taking time to care for yourself and refuel is not about whether you deserve it or not about whether you're being selfish or not. It's about God wanting to love on his children and he wants to know you and he wants to refresh you. Oftentimes I say self-care is eating, sleeping, and moving. Those are the three core components of self-care. Compassion fatigue impacts caregivers who have not had the opportunity to refuel. Compassion fatigue is not a sin, it's not a weakness, or it's a failure. Experiencing compassion fatigue doesn't mean that you're disqualified, but it is a red flag saying that you need to prioritize refueling and restoring your soul. And we do that through those seven keys. Now, burnout, that is the human experience of hopelessness, helplessness, and prolonged stress. Everyone and anyone can experience burnout. Children, seniors, professionals, those in ministry, I don't care who you are. If you have, if you're feeling hopeless, if you're feeling helpless, and if you got a lot of stress going on, then you are likely going to be experiencing burnout. And relief from burnout requires tending to one or more of those things, hopelessness, helplessness, and stress. And it is these seven keys to resilience that will help prevent both burnout and compassion fatigue. So I encourage you to utilize those. If you're wanting to take an assessment to measure your levels of burnout, uh, go to findinghopeinhelping.org slash quiz to take, what you're going to do is you're going to take 30 questions or 30 multiple choice questions, and then your personalized results are going to be emailed to you. So there you have it. Those, that is the differences between burnout and compassion fatigue. Burnout cares uh, can impact everyone and compassion fatigue impacts caregivers and and impacts your ability to have empathy for others. Thanks for listening. I encourage you to put what you've heard into action today. Take that quiz, look over those keys to resilience, and take a moment to schedule in some time to build one of those seven keys. And if you want to be reminded when an episode goes live, make sure you follow.
Thanks for connecting. Take care.